Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome. Pandemonium Reigns. In your ears, in your speakers, all up in your business. Excited to be back with you. It's uh, <clears throat> game week, y'all. We have waited a long time for this week to get here. We're excited that it's here. Uh, and we have been gifted with the blessing that is the slate of week one, and it is magnificent. But because of that being here, we have the end of talking season, the end of prediction season. So that's what this episode, got something in my teeth. That's what this episode is going to be about. I'm flying solo today. I feel like my girlfriend just broke up with me. Mike is busy doing work things. I understand. I get it. I'm a pastor. I don't do anything during the week. You guys know that. I'm kidding. Hey, I want to talk through basically the entire landscape of college football, predicting conference winners, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, playoff predictions. Again, the end, the absolute end of prediction season. And as I was looking over this, just kind of couldn't help but to be sad a little bit for the future of college football. Now, I think there's a lot of exciting things to come, and I don't want to traffic down this rabbit hole too much, but gone are the days of Pac-12, right? I mean, they're going to be scrapping to try to put something together for the future of their conference. But And that's really where I want to begin. I want to begin in the Pac-12, and the reason I say that I'm sad is the Pac-12 was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to follow. The star power at quarterback that is in the Pac-12 this year is just outstanding. This conference has playmakers, ballers, NFL quarterbacks uh, in this conference, and it's fun to talk about. Yeah, we look forward to you know the Oregon and Michigan matchups and the Washington and Ohio State matchups, but I will miss the Washington, you know, um, Oregon State and stuff like that. <clears throat> but anyway, moving on. Um, I'll tap on more of that in in a future episode. Uh, we got to end talking season. So anyway, I'm going to begin in the Pac-12. There's again a lot of parity. In the Pac-12, Pac-12 is fun to follow. It's fun to watch. Uh, Again, star-studded at the quarterback position. And since we're talking about picking conference winners and and, and things of that nature and and whatnot, this is probably the point in the episode where you say, oh, yeah, USC, Trojans, right? Pac-12 champions. I'm just going to disagree with you. And I'm going to... I'll do you a solid, and I'll support my argument. <clears throat> the reason that I don't think that USC is going to win the Pac-12 is, is really just a couple of reasons. We got a glimpse at USC last weekend against San Jose State, and you know what? They're star-studded as well. Playmakers all over the field. This Zachariah Branch kid, this dude, he is a human highlight reel. Can potentially score anytime the ball is in his hands. His kick return for a score was was electric. Bopping, weaving, dip, dive, dodging. You know, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. This is what this kid was doing. He's electric. Caleb Williams, electric. Probably the greatest player we have in the country right now. Reigning Heisman Trophy winner. 
all the things. Lincoln Riley's offense, they're going to put up points. Here's why I don't think that USC will even sniff the, well, okay, not make the conference championship game. I don't even have them in it, all right? Here's why. Yes, they're going to put up points. Yes, they're going to put up stats. They're going to put up yards. This this is what they're going to do. We've seen this under Lincoln Riley. The things that we've also seen under Lincoln Riley are they're not very good at open field tackling. They're not very disciplined in, in run lanes and in gap assignments. And we saw this again against San Jose State. They didn't really create pressure with rushing four. They didn't really get a push on their offensive line. Until I see that out of a Lincoln-Riley-led team, I'm just going to bet against them. It's the reasons why Utah got the best of them twice last season. Utah, really good at creating pressure with four. Really good in gap assignments. Really good at getting a push with your offensive line. Really good at you know open field tackling. This is why that they've won the way that they have. They are, you know, lower star recruits, but they're chippy, they're aggressive, they're physical. Uh, they play angry, and they do all the little things right. Caleb Williams and this offense is going to cover a multitude of sins for the Trojans, but it's not going to be enough. Uh, not enough in my book, anyway. So I don't have USC in even in the uh, championship game. Now, just looking at the rest of the conference here, you've got Washington State not going, Utah. There's a lot to just talking about them, a lot to be. Um, what's what am I trying to say here? Not enough information on Cam Rising yet and his return and, and all those things. Stanford's not going. Oregon State, Oregon State is fascinating. These dudes are uh, a little bit old school, scrappy. They are going to beat a few teams that they shouldn't. Uh, Oregon, going to get to them a second. Colorado, gosh, got a rebuild there. Not going to happen. Uh, UCLA, new quarterback, Dante Moore. I mean, there's there's potential there, I think. Cal, he, Cal, University of Cal. Justin Wilcox is probably not going to survive the season. Arizona State, year one head coach. Arizona, no. So that really leaves me down to Washington and Oregon. So I've got Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And what I think is going to happen, if I remember right, let me pull up the schedule here for for these guys very quickly. Yeah, so Washington gets Oregon at home Saturday, October 14th. Before that, so here's Washington's schedule. Boise State, Tulsa, both at home, at Michigan State. That should still be a win. Home against Cal at Arizona and then Oregon. They don't really play anybody up until Oregon. Now, looking at Oregon's schedule, check this out. Home against Portland State at Texas Tech, home against Hawaii, home against Colorado at Stanford, and then at Washington. These guys don't really play anybody until they play each other. And I think it's going to be a barn burner. So here's what I think is going to happen. Because of the location, I am going to give... Washington, the regular season win here. All right. We give Washington the regular season win here. I like Washington. I'm really, really, really high on Washington. And a lot of it has to do with Michael Penix. Uh, The kid threw for 4,600 yards, 31 scores, 
eight picks. He's got one of the best receiving rooms in the country. Uh, they did lose, <clears throat> is it McMillan or something like that, I believe, to the NFL. The kid's still going to put up some serious, ridiculous numbers. All right. They left a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the ball, though. And I, although I do think that's going to improve, I don't know that it will be enough. So one of the hardest things to do in sports, aside from supposedly hitting a fastball in baseball, is beating the same team twice in a season, especially in college football. So this is going to have me giving the nod to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game over Washington. And I really, as I'm high on, I'm high on, high on Washington. And I'm also high on Oregon. And as of yesterday, I had different predictions. Yesterday, I actually had this reversed. Sat down to record. I have since flipped. Why have I flipped? I've determined that my heart says Washington. Washington. Sorry, that's not a word. Washington. But my mind says Oregon. And what it boils down to is I really just like Oregon on the defensive side of the ball much better. All right. And not to mention, they they have some pretty significant pickups in the transfer portal. Picked up Jordan Birch, five-star defensive lineman coming from South Carolina, South Kakalaki. Um, <clears throat> he's going to be big for them. Um, they've got Franklin returning. Of course, again, not a transfer portal thing. Let me get over to the transfer portal deal for uh, Oregon. Um, but anyway, with all this, all this being said, I really like and favor Oregon in this situation. All right. So they got Jordan Birch coming from South Carolina, Kyrie Jackson, cornerback coming from Bama. And there was another one. Yeah. Uh, receiver Trayshawn Holden coming from Bama as well. Oregon has done work in the transfer portal. Enough to take these guys to uh, the next step. So I'm going to go ahead and name Oregon Pac-12 champs uh, of the Pac-12 and what will be essentially the last Pac-12 champion uh, since we have Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA departing to the Big Ten and then just the rest falling into place everywhere else with the Arizona schools and Colorado's return to the Big 12 and and whatnot. Give me Oregon over Washington for the Pac-12. All right, let's move on and make it our way over to the Big 12. I want to talk about the Big 12 next. Big 12 is going to be fascinating to have uh, your eyes on this season. The additions of Central Florida, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, none of which I believe will win the conference. Uh, which is the discussion that we're having. <clears throat> so just kind of eyeballing through these schools very, very quickly in alphabetical order. Baylor, like Baylor, like Baylor's head coach, Aranda, doing work down there, not going to win the Big 12. BYU, love them joining the Big 12, not going to win it. UCF, you know what? I think they have a chance to make a push, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to win it. Cincinnati, you know, maybe if Luke Fickle was still there until then, no. Houston, no. Iowa State, love Matt Campbell. Not gonna win the uh, not gonna win the Big Twelve. Kansas, love that we get Jaden Daniels back for another year. Gonna be fascinating to watch. 
Uh, Oklahoma. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate these guys. Don't think Oklahoma's even going to be in the in the Big 12 championship game. Just too much to uh, rebuild still. A lot of things to like about Oklahoma. Year two in this offense. I think the defense is going to be vastly improved under Venables. He has been a defensive rock star, or his teams have been, you know, defensive rock stars wherever wherever he's been. You know, he's built some monster defensive units when in his time at Clemson. However, don't see them in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State, you know what? Gundy's probably paying or coaching pissed off this year with the departure. I believe he said he has no interest in playing Oklahoma, renewing Bedlam after they depart. Salty, I love it. Uh, Texas Christian, you know what? You lost Duggan, Dugan. You lost Bryles, which is more detrimental than losing your quarterback, I believe. Not going to win it. Texas Tech and Joey McGuire. Love these guys. Love. I could I could play for, for McGuire. Got this thing trending in the right direction. Players seem to love him. He's going to beat somebody that he shouldn't. Um, not going to win the Big Twelve though. West Virginia. Did you? I, I think I heard this this morning. West Virginia, week one against Penn State is like a four score dog. Twenty seven points, twenty eight points. If they pull this off, that'll be the the biggest spread that they've covered since like nineteen ninety five, something like that. I could have that completely and totally wrong. All right. With that said, I'm talking too much. Spent too much time on, uh, time on the Pac-12. <clears throat> Big 12 championship game will come down to Kansas State and Texas. I love Kansas State. Love Kansas State. Love love climbing <clears throat> over in, in Manhattan. Kansas State and even Texas Tech are kind of like your Utahs of, of the Big 12. They play really, really well. They don't beat themselves. Uh, Will Howard is going to be back at quarterback. The injury to Martinez, you know, ended up being a really great thing for them as far as 2023 goes. So he's going to come in with some significant experience under his belt, and that's going to bode well for them. You know, the departures of Deuce Vaughn, whatnot. You know what? Kansas State has never really made their, their success off the backbone of major names. Now they've had big names come through, right? But they've done it again, kind of like the Utahs. The guys who come in, not as many stars, not as big of a name, but they come in and you know what? They fill gaps well. They tackle well. Great eye discipline. They just they they, they don't beat themselves. And for that, I can state to find themselves in the conference championship game. And you're like, well, that's just ridiculous. They did it last year. And you're losing Deuce Vaughn. I know he's not the only one, but of names, you probably cannot tell me another one. You got the Knowles, I believe his name is, the receiver. Pretty sure he's back, though. Anyway, so I got Kansas State going up against Texas. Now, this is like, if we're looking at you know, the, the names versus the nobodies, this is it. Or the David versus Goliath or, you know, because Texas has got all the names. <clears throat> Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Whittington, you know, I, I mean, just name after name after name. And I'm, I've really stopped saying them because I can't remember I'm getting old, y'all. 
Texas is another one of the schools that's going to put up a lot of points. They're going to score. Quinn Ewers could, I'm not saying he will, could find himself in New York come the end of season. He could. He's got the arm talent. He's got the receiver room. And he's going to have the opportunity on the right platforms to put himself in that position. But that's not what we're talking about yet. I simply like Texas because of how their schedule unfolds. Uh, Mike and I covered this a couple episodes back, basically talking all things Texas and our best case and worst case scenario. Their schedule is so favorable. So favorable. Biggest, uh, let me back up. We're really going to find out who Texas is come, was it week two, week three, when they travel to Tuscaloosa and take on Alabama. You know what? At that time of that recording, I said that I'll take Bama. Forgive me, y'all. I got some congestion going on. <clears throat> said that I'll take Bama. Simply because, you know what? Of just the Texas logo and the Texas brand. And I'm not going to come off of that. I'm going I'm to stick by that. Texas keeps doing this thing, and they've done it under Sarkeesian, where they're just, they just fold. They just... Drop the games that they shouldn't for whatever reason. Two years ago, they had, I mean, from here to Mars size um, score lead on Oklahoma and blew it. And it's like they never recovered after that. They got a lot of momentum going in this year. They got all the names, right? They're going to put up points. I'm going to go ahead and take, Believe I believe if you guys listen back, you probably knew where I was going with this. I'm going to go ahead and take Texas to win the Big 12. If they don't do this, yes, it's a disappointment. Yes, it's a disappointment. What would it be like for a Kansas State or even an Oklahoma State, a traditional Big 12 school, you know, just Iowa State for the sake of conversation, for them to get matched up with Texas in the Big 12 championship game as Texas's last game against a Big 12 opponent. Can you imagine being a Kansas State fan, player, alumni, or Iowa State, Oklahoma State, player, fan, alumni, sending these guys out <laughs> on a loss before they depart to the mighty SEC, right? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Texas is just too, just too loaded. Again, it's prediction season. Shoot me. You know what? Am I going to be wrong on some of these? Yeah, most of them? No, because I'm typically right. I'm kidding. Humility, y'all. <clears throat> I'm going to take Texas. I just like Texas way too much. I understand that the games are not played on paper. However. If you double Xavier Worthy, what about Adonai Mitchell? <laughs> what about Whittington? Right. What are you what are you gonna do then? You you can't. You just you just can't. Worst case scenario for a Texas is an injury to Quinn Ewers, an injury to, you know, a name like Xavier Worthy, AD Mitchell. I mean, that's gonna be the difference in my mind, in my opinion. Give me Texas to top Kansas State for the Big 12 championship game. All right, let's make our way over to the Big 10. Big 10 is a little more clear. 
in my mind. The Big Ten is a lot like the ACC. It's going to come down to two teams. It's either going to be Michigan or it's going to be Ohio State. If it's somebody else, Jesus has cometh back. All right. I don't know how at this moment in time you can choose anybody other than Michigan or Ohio State. I will go ahead now, uh, as I did way back when we covered Wisconsin, and I'll predict Wisconsin to win the West. I'm totally fine with that. Matter of fact, I'm cool with saying Luke Fickle is going to be Big Ten Coach of the Year. Give me that, all right? I'm going to go ahead and say Wisconsin wins the West, and they get matched up against Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan to win the East, which means, yes, I am picking Michigan to beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor, Week 14, rivalry. It's a hard word to say. Rivalry week, all right? Whatever. I'm going to take Michigan. So rather than spending my time talking about Michigan and Wisconsin, let's talk about Michigan and Ohio State because that's really what it's going to come down to. I think Wisconsin, just just, just to touch on them very quickly, they're going to look totally different, right? They've now got, oh, what's his head? Came from North Carolina, slung the ball over the field with Drake May. Is it Phil Longo? Is that his name? Or is that the guy who's at North Carolina now? Oh my gosh, drawing blanks. Anyway, this dude wants to throw the ball, wants to put the ball in the air. The the name will come to me at some point. Is Wisconsin going to do that? Yeah. I don't know that they're going to do it as much this year because they would be fools to, I believe. You still have a roster that's designed to put the ball on the ground, and you've got the running backs especially to turn around and hand it off to. If they don't give Allen basically the majority of the touches, then like, what are you doing? Again, I think Luke Fickle is going to be coach of the year. I think he's going to get it figured out. Now, with that said, you'll you, you'll see Wisconsin to put the ball in the air more than, the, than they have in the past just because you know, the only way to go from the bottom is up. But whatever. It's just not going to be enough to top a team like Michigan. But anyway, the Big Ten Championships game is going to come down to Saturday, November 25th. It's going to be a noon kickoff. It's going to be a, what do they call it? Fox Big Noon kickoff. You know, hopefully it'll be snowing, something like that. In Ann Arbor against Ohio State. Why am I taking Michigan over Ohio State? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm totally convinced yet. Maybe it's the the return of quarterback for Michigan. But you could also argue, with that being said, Michigan's going to win the majority of their games by putting the ball on the ground. They're not going to ask J.J. McCarthy to, to, to go win games for them. And why would they? Look at their schedule. Home against East Carolina. Home against UNLV, home against Bowling Green, home against Rutgers. Okay, the first first quarter of your schedule is garbage. No wonder Michigan was okay with saying, yeah, hardball can be suspended for those games, which that being said, the NCAA is just composed of a bunch of idiots, but here I am. Anyway, after Rutgers at Nebraska, you're going to win that. At Minnesota, you should win that. Home against Indiana, at Michigan State, I mean, Michigan State in the past decade has has done this thing where they've beaten you in times that they shouldn't have. Don't think that's going to be the scenario this time around. Home against Purdue at Penn State, okay. 
Now we're talking. Probably going to be, yep, it's going to be a big noon kickoff Saturday, November 11th. But a lot like Ohio State, they don't, well, okay, back up. Let me make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. Ohio State has recently named their quarterback. It's the McCord kid. Penn State, as of the time of this recording, has not named their quarterback. Probably going to be Drew Aller, but for the sake of this conversation, they haven't named it, right? Um, It's at Penn State. I still think that this is a game that that Michigan can win. I mean, they, they, they hosted Penn State last year, completely dominated them. I'm going to take Michigan to win this. It'll be different when I see Penn State topple Michigan, Ohio State more often. Until then, I'm probably just going to bet against you. Anyway, after Penn State, at Maryland, and then home against Ohio State. I began that by saying Michigan's just going to be able to win the majority of their games on the ground. Not going to have to worry about putting the ball in the air, but they can, and they can do it really, really well, right? On the flip side, looking at Ohio State, you could argue the same thing for them, and they have what is arguably the best player in the country in Marvin Harrison, who I want to spend some time talking about at the end. I think the reason that it came down to Michigan for me is simply because that this game is in Ann Arbor. And Michigan is on a bit of a winning streak. Caught him in 22, caught him in 21. Didn't play the game in 2020 because of COVID. So it's been a minute since Ohio State's done it. And, and, and after so long, it just starts to become mental, right? It just becomes mental. I like it. It's at home for Michigan. Give me the Wolverines. Give me the Wolverines in Indianapolis over Wisconsin. Give me Michigan as your Big Ten champion. Let's make our way over to the ACC. The ACC, hanging on by a thread. Got to love it. Um, (laughs) I'm interested in what this conference has to offer this year, just from a pure fan perspective. So interested. I like the ACC, man. Uh, But since we're talking conference champion, let's go ahead and eliminate several schools. It's not going to be Boston College, not going to be Duke, not going to be Georgia Tech, not going to be Louisville, going to go ahead and say it, not going to be Miami. It's not going to be North Carolina. NC State, I love the addition for Brennan Armstrong with them, but it's not an upgrade from Devin Leary. Not going to be them. It, it will be one of those schools that that makes a push, makes an argument for themselves. They'll just come short. Not Syracuse, not Virginia, not Virginia Tech, and uh, who am I missing? Not Wake Forest. That departure of Sam Hartman, too big of a blow. All right, which leads us, as you saw coming, which is why I just went ahead and eliminated most of these guys, leads us with Florida State and Clemson. It's a lot like the Big Ten, Florida State and Clemson. This game on September 23rd, I believe is going to have playoff implications. All right, now you could go back and say the LSU-Florida State game Week 1, September 3rd, ABC, 730. That's going to have playoff implications. Yeah, you would be right. 
I'm going to go ahead and and commit a cardinal sin here and predict Florida State to win that game. You don't lose a guy like Mason Smith and 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 still allow yourself to compete. Harold Perkins is that man. All right. He is that man. Jaden Daniels is a dude at quarterback. I like LSU. Matter of fact, you know what? Am I gonna say it yet? I like LSU. I also really like Florida State. Jordan Travis, uh, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, transfer from Michigan State. And then uh, just the way that they that they that they got better and better and better every week last year. I like their trajectory. I like their, okay, you're not going to allow us to run? Jump ball Johnny Wilson. Oh, you're going to take that way? Jump ball Keon Coleman. I, I mean, these dudes are massive. You're, these dudes are massive. And I'm convinced, and I have a lot of trust in Mike Norvell to get it figured out with these guys, how to use them. All right? So with all that said, give me Florida State. Over LSU week one. Won't be surprised if I'm wrong. All right. But with that said, trafficking forward to September 23rd, Florida State at Clemson playoff implication game. This is a playoff spot game. Now, what's going to happen in my mind is these two teams, these two teams, because of no more divisions in the ACC, are going to turn around and play each other in the conference championship game. Now, I'm a little less – what are my words here? I'm not as confident for the outcome on September 23rd as I am the overall conference winner. I don't know how I can make that make sense. So here's how I think this is going to unfold. If you're like, Dan, what the heck did you just say? I, I don't know. Just – just follow with me. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. I'll take I'll take Clemson to win the regular season battle. But I won't be surprised if Florida State goes in there and just turns the thing upside down. I really, really won't. I'm, I'm going back and forth on this. You know what? For the sake of my playoff prediction, you know what? Give me Florida State to go in... Um, look at this. This is how uncertain I am. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. Give me Florida State to go into Clemson. Yeah, I feel better about that. Florida State going into Clemson September 23rd and getting a win. All right? Again, they're going to turn around at the end of the season and play each other again for the ACC title. And I like Clemson. I think there's a lot to be desired with uh, – no, that's not the words. There's a lot to like about Clemson. The hiring of – Riles, as offense coordinator for Clemson, Dabo hit a grand slam. I think the numbers are about to go through the roof for Kate Klubinick. I like this kid. Kid's a baller. They just didn't – They Clemson didn't manage that whole quarterback situation at all last year. They, they, didn't, they didn't manage it. It wasn't managed. Let's just word it that way. Tade got in way too late. DJ had proven himself time and time again to be inconsistent and maybe blame it on the offensive scheme, blame it on the coaching staff, blame it on whatever. It wasn't getting done. 
there was a bit of spark to the offense when when K took the field. And he had a really great night in the ACC championship game against North Carolina. They're going to put up points. What I, the, the, and you know what? Hang on. I want to get ahead of myself. Star studded defense. Trotter at linebacker. Uh, Tyler Davis, I believe, on the defensive line. They've got dudes, man. They've got dudes. Wiggins in the secondary. Like Clemson. I just like Florida State more. I think is really what it boils down to. I like the options that Florida State has. And again, I think that Bryles is going to be able to dial up some really fascinating things for the Clemson offense. Clemson doesn't quite have the receiver power that they've had in the past. Think about all those great Clemson teams. People love to think when Clemson had that great run, you go, you don't really think about the receivers. What you do is you think about Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, right? That's that's what you're doing. But those national championship teams had some studs, right? Some dudes at receiver. Mari Rogers, T. Higgins. Uh, under, uh, under Taj Boyd, he had Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins. I just realized that those rhyme. Who do they have now? Bo Collins? Antoine Williams? Drawing a blank here. Not real sure. Maybe it'll come to me in a minute. I just like Florida State's options better. More. I think that if I if if I'm if I'm having to make the prediction now, which is what I'm doing, I'm prediction episode here, right? What are you saying, Dan? I'm going to take Florida State to win both of those games. <clears throat> Florida State win both of those games. And I think Norvell is just trending and trending and trending. He's doing all the right things. He's pushing all the right buttons. I like where they are headed. Uh, Florida State also has, in their receiving core, aside from Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, the addition of a major pickup at a high school, Hakeem Williams, something like that. He's going to play. He's going to play, and he's going to make an impact. He's, a, I think he's an immediate impact dude, and he's a bigger body, if I remember right. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do against these big bodies? It's, 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 it's similar to, uh, that I was saying earlier with, with, with Texas. You, you just can't double these guys. You're going to have to, with, against a body like a Johnny Wilson, who's 6'6", who's you have to do this thing, what they call high-low. And it's typically and most basically ran – Safety high, corner low, over the top, and underneath. If you do that on both sides, if you give, if Florida State basically shows an 11 personnel, say Wilson on the left, Coleman on the right, and you do, if you run this high low technique, you're leaving the middle of the field wide open. You could hit Trey Benson on some angle routes tight end dumps, the middle of the field is going to be wide open. You you send Wilson and Coleman on things like streaks or outside hitches. It's just too much to cover, and I don't like it. I like Clemson's defense. I think this combination of, of Coleman and, and Wilson is, is too much. And then you add the fact, or excuse me, you add a name that I haven't even mentioned yet, Jordan Travis. 
Dude is a baller who can play quarterback, right? Absolute baller. Some of the plays he made, I, I remember watching the Florida State-Florida game last year, and they had him dead to rights. And he weaseled out of it and scored. Dude is a baller. And now you made his job easier with the addition of Keon Coleman. So you've got the RPO game that you can run with Travis and Benson and, and, and these outside receivers. You've got a you've got a stretch game that I believe that they like to run with Benson. You've got a 50-50 ball that you can run with Wilson or Keon Coleman. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's it's too difficult to stop. I like Clemson. I love the hiring of, of Bryles. You know what? And if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong on this outcome between Clemson and Florida State, I'll gladly accept it because you know what? This is what Dabo does. Dabo teams don't really beat themselves. You know, he's got all kinds of dudes and bodies and athletes and stars, right? All across his roster. But Florida State is starting to as well. So with that said, I'm going to take Florida State. I really like the Knowles. All right, last conference, the Southeastern Conference. <clears throat> so funny because as I'm pulling up the tabs that I need to talk about this, there's this little notification that pops up on ESPN and gives me a little piece of information that's going to be insightful for this. So the SEC, the, the, the conference with all eyes on it, expanding yet again next season with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. <clears throat> we got to see Vanderbilt the other night. If you're listening on podcast, that was a very smirkish smile that I just gave. Got to see Vanderbilt the other night against the Rainbow Warriors. Hawaii gave them all that they could handle. Uh, with that said, Vanderbilt's not winning your conference. Can I just go ahead and lay this out there and, and just make this as easily easy as I possibly can? Georgia's winning the East. This is coming from a Tennessee fan. Georgia is winning the East. Too much talent. That python is too long and too big. The only way to beat Georgia is to beat them on the outside. You got to be able to stretch the field, which is something that Tennessee does, but you got to be able to do it consistently and you got to win the one on one battles. And this is what we did not do. There's some other Georgia podcasts. I'm going to just go ahead and dog these guys for a second. Man, I would love for them to feature me. Saying that Tennessee fans made excuses because the grass was too tall, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Listen, that game could have been played on Mars or Neptune or Pluto or, you know, Zeus's crack. And Georgia would have won that game because we could not win the one-on-one -on -one matchup. We couldn't do it. Cedric Tillman wasn't, wasn't completely healthy. Okay, that's our fault. Maybe we shouldn't have played him. Ringo was better. Beside the point, whatever, I'm on a tangent. Georgia's winning the East, all right? <laughs> Last year, divisions, this brings us down to the West. I think it simply comes down to two schools for the West. A&M's going to be intriguing, really, really intriguing. What's that relationship going to be like between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino? If they can get that thing clicking, they have the roster to run the table. They do. They do. They absolutely have the kind of roster. It's 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 pure schematic for them. Until I see it, that's a no. Ole Miss is going to hand the ball to Judkins over and over and over again, and I cannot wait to watch it. 
not gonna win the, we're not gonna win the West. Mississippi State, I'm sorry. You're going to see a decline in Will Rogers. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you I was wrong. But you don't run air raid in high school, and you don't run air raid in college, and then turn around, literally, start turning your back to the defense and put up similar numbers. It's not going to happen. Mississippi State is not going to be the same, and Will Rogers is going to suffer. Auburn is trending. Got to like what... Freeze is doing down on the Plains. Gotta like what they're doing. They've named Peyton Thorne, starting cue, too many holes on the roster, even though he's entirely flipped that roster. Not enough. Arkansas. I like Arkansas. Like KJ Jefferson. Like Rocket Sanders. They're going to, you'd think they're going to put up points, right? They're going to put up yards for sure. Are they going to find the end zone? Probably. Not going to win the West. Brings it down to Alabama and LSU, which I believe is a game in November. Let's see if I can find this very quickly. Yes, LSU at Alabama, November 4th. The West will come down to November 4th, Saturday, on probably CBS. Do we do we know about that yet? No, we do not. To be determined. That's what the West is going to come down to. If you say differently... I'm going to need to hear an argument. Here's what it comes down to for me with the West. The return of Jaden Daniels and Bama not knowing who their guy is. At the time of this recording, there's just a few days left until Alabama takes the field for game one, and they haven't named a starter. That could be Saban keeping it close to the vest. Could be. But why? Why? I mean... They're they're playing Colorado State, I believe. You know, I, what does it matter? All right, I'm gonna take LSU. I know that the game is going to be in Tuscaloosa. Speaking of the games in Tuscaloosa, Bama is hosting Tennessee and LSU. Mike and I and our buddy Colton, we've got tickets. That stadium is going to be on fire. And I just want to, I just want to tell you, listen. I don't predict Tennessee to win this game. I don't. But that stadium is going to be on fire, and I just want to see it. And maybe it'll literally burn. That'd be cool. As long as nobody gets hurt, right? Jokes aside, I don't want Brian Denny to burn. Chill out. It was a joke. All right. LSU will probably have Mason Smith back by November 4th. Harold Perkins, stud, right? They have a they have a loaded back end. LSU does like Jaden Daniels' second year in this offense. With that said, opposite side of that same coin, Alabama undergoing surgery, if you will, schematic changes. Now Lane Kiffin came on. I forget what show it was, and he basically said, "Yeah, I called the plays, but it was Saban's offense. Saban called the shots." I believe this is going to be Saban's offense. I believe it's going to be more of what we saw in the early 2010s, mid-2010s, basically before the time of Tua, when they went very RPO heavy. They're going to put the ball on the ground, and they're going to put the ball on the ground, and they're going to put the ball on the ground. And when they have to, they'll put the ball on the ground. Kidding. They'll throw it, right? They're not going to ask much. 
of their queue, whether it be Milrow, whether it be Simpson, Samson, Simpson, forgot his name. He's a Tennessee kid, but he didn't choose us, so I forgot him. And um, Buckner. They're not going to ask much of him, whoever it is. They're just not going to ask much. I like LSU, man. I like LSU in in, in this matchup. There's just – when you don't – even though you're not asking much of a quarterback in your offense, there's still a lot that they're responsible for regardless of what they're being asked of. Pre-snap adjustments, you know, getting them into the right checks, uh, into the right plays, all the things. You know, you you can say, well, it doesn't matter if you turn around and run it. Well, if if they've loaded the B gaps and you're and you're calling, you know, uh, you know, a power run with the backside guard pulling to the, you know, to the play side, and it's meant to go up the B gap, but they're filling that gap. that quarterback has to be able to recognize that, right? That's really what I'm getting at. <clears throat> Don't know much about LSU outside some of the names that I've dropped to you. Just too much uncertainty at the quarterback position for Alabama. I probably sound extremely contradictory in saying, well, you know, Alabama's not going to ask their quarterback to do much. But here you are saying, you know, it's coming down to that. What is it, Dan? It's coming down to that. They're Yeah, they're not going to ask them to do much, but it's going to come down to the quarterback position. We, we, we've seen what Jaden Daniels is, is capable of, what he was capable of in year one. Has, did it already. Could arguably beat Florida State. I mean, that came down to a, to a blocked field goal, I believe, by Jared Verse. Anyway, give me LSU to beat – or excuse me, to beat Bama, Georgia to be your SEC champion and defeat LSU in Atlanta. All right, let's talk uh, Heisman, and then let's talk playoff, and then let's wrap this thing up. I have no idea how long this thing is going to be, but thanks for hanging in with me. Odds makers are saying Caleb Williams is the best, has the best odds to win your Heisman. I'm just going to go ahead and eliminate him. Dan, you're out to get uh, Southern Cal. No, I'm not. Let's just re let's just understand what the Heisman is very quickly. The Heisman Trophy is supposed to be awarded to the most outstanding player. Regardless whether you've won it before or not, it's supposed to be awarded to the most outstanding player. Not the player with the most stats, right? Uh not the player who, you know, put up the highlight reel. I mean, well, I guess you could say that because if they're outstanding, they're going to put up highlights. You, you get my point. Heisman voters, who majority don't watch the sport, are not going to allow Caleb Williams to win it again. So I'm going to go ahead and remove him. I just don't think they're going to allow it to happen. And now here's how the voting works. You have a bunch of, a bunch of media news people who have rights to vote in, you know, Ames, Iowa and 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 places where they don't care about the sport, but they have a vote. And so they're going to vote for the player name that they hear the most or they're going to go back and and, do, and and watch highlights made by Harris Highlights on YouTube. And what they're not going to do is allow the guy to repeat. We haven't seen it since Archie Griffin. It's not going to happen. And I'm just going to sit here and tell you, the last time that 
the Heisman voters got it right. I'm going to say it was Devontae Smith, 2020. The guy was outstanding. Outstanding. He was a freaking highlight reel. Acrobatic circus catches. I mean, was winning. I mean, the the numbers he had. I know I know. I said it's not statistics, but the numbers he had in the first half against Ohio State in the national championship game. My, my gosh. Anyway, beside the point. It's not going to be Caleb Williams. The next odds go to Jaden Daniels. Now, this is fascinating. This is really, really fascinating. Another thing that matters in, in Heisman votes are your platform or your stage and how well you perform on those stages. And it can't just be any stage. It's got to be a big stage. It's got to be the, you know, the CBS 330, right? Or the game that, that we've all been talking about for weeks now as we're going into it. Jaden Daniels is going to have those games. He's going to have it week one. He's going to have an opportunity week one, but as we all know, there's so much time between week one and week 14, right? I like Jaden Daniels. I don't have him in New York. The next odds go to Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers has got, he's got that, he's got the opportunity. The opportunity is there for Quinn Ewers. It's there. The receivers, the stage, it's all there. Will they vote for him? Will he be outstanding? We'll see. Uh, J.J. McCarthy at plus 1,600. This is ridiculous to me. Ridiculous. They're going to turn around and hang it, hand it to their running backs. Why is Blake Corum? There's his name. His name. All these names starting to escape me. They're gonna, Corum better have freaking 1,600 yards himself, you know. On, on 400 attempts, right? And then you got Donovan Edwards behind him. They're going to put the ball in the air, you know, for fun. They're, they're not going to need to. They don't need to until Penn State, which is like week 10, week 11. I'm not giving it to J.J. McCarthy. Forgive me if you guys can hear a phone ringing in your background. Then you got Bo Nix at plus 1,600 as well right there with McCarthy. I like Nix way more than I do McCarthy. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Bo Knicks fan. I got them winning the Pac-12. I'm a little suspect on Bo Knicks since he's losing Dillingham. His best year at Auburn was 2019 when his offensive coordinator was, was Dillingham. He is gone again. He put up great numbers. Is he going to have the stage? He'll have the stage. Is he going to have the receivers? He does. Will he make the plays? I mean, the numbers from last year say he will. I won't be surprised if Bo Nix is in New York. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, plus 1,600 as well. Sam Hunter, uh, Sam, wow, that was, those were not words. Sam Hartman was on the money against Navy. But that's just it. It was against Navy. <laughs> I don't know much about Notre Dame's schedule. I would need to pull it up. <clears throat> Will not be surprised if Sam Hartman is in New York. The guy is extremely accurate. But does he put up the – he puts up the numbers, man. He threw four scores against Navy. He's the all-time leading pass um, touchdown passer in ACC history. He's 12th. 11th overall in yards uh, across the country in history. It's impressive. 
is he going to put up a highlight reel? I don't know. Can you think of a single Sam Hartman highlight reel or highlight play, excuse me, where you just go, wow, man, look at that. Don't know if I remember. Could be because he played at Wake Forest. Don't know. He'll have a better stage in Notre Dame. He'll have a real opportunity. I can see him in New York. Drake May, he's also at plus 1,600. He was at 4,300 yards. How many? Uh, I wrote it down here. He had uh, 38 touchdowns, seven picks. Losing his offense coordinator. Okay, they're going to be a little bit more balanced, right? I think Mac Brown is understanding that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't score so fast. Got to give our defense a little bit of a rest. It's not working out well, okay? I don't – I think – if I were to say right now, which is what I'm doing, I've done it again. Saying right now, I'll say Drake Macon will be in New York. Totally cool with that. The loss of Josh Downs will hurt, but this kid can make the throws. Go back and watch some of the throws that he made against Oregon where he's when he's throwing from the opposite from the opposite hash to the far sideline and he's putting it on a rope. Dude, the 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 kid has an NFL arm. If if it if it was if it was solely on arm talent, he could go he could go pro now. the 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 kid will have a long, lengthy career in the pros, right? It's gonna be if you're gonna say, well, it's mental. Right? Well, it is mental, but he's he's proven that he has it between the years. He he's he's got some highlights that are just outstanding. All right, I think we'll see him in New York. Cade Clubbing. I need to start going faster. He's gonna put up numbers. He's gonna put up numbers with this offense and Bryles, Right. Uh, the question is receiver. Um, just don't know that we'll see him in New York. Jordan Travis, human highlight reel. Has the brand of Florida State changed enough for the voters? That would be my question. How do they perceive Florida State? Is there enough respect back in Florida State? Then you jump down. I'm sk- I'm skipping a name, which I, who I think is going to be your husband winner. Then it jumps down to Carson Beck, who's plus 2,000. Whatever. I'm not even going to comment. Then Joe Milton, plus 2,200. Is it between the years for Joe? If it's between the years, man, look out. But I don't think that Joe Milton is going to be Tennessee's first ever Heisman Trophy winner. I just don't think it's going to happen, all right? And then Kyle McCord, we just don't know. And then Drew Aller, we just don't know. So here, all right. Instead of predicting, here's how I'm going to word this. I'm going to tell you my Heisman winner right now. Because this guy is outstanding. He's the only not quarterback person on this list. Marvin Harrison Jr. Dude is a highlight reel. Dude is going to be playing in the NFL. He's going to have a long career in the NFL. He's going to put up the numbers. He's going to bail Kyle McCord out of bad throws. He's going to be outstanding. How do you know that? Because... He was outstanding. I think the Kyle McCord situation at quarterback, it's going to be a drop-off from C.J. Stroud, right? I mean, C.J. Stroud was number two overall draft pick, right? It's going to be a drop-off. McCord is not going to make some of the throws that Stroud did. We get a chance because of that to see Marvin Harrison Jr., do some really outstanding things. Now, 
let me just bring this to clarity. I don't think that in real life, your Heisman voters are going to, you might have Marvin Harrison there, but I don't think they're going to give it to him. He'd have to do some Devontae Smith type things, which he can, he has, and I believe he will. But another reason Devontae Smith that year is, you know, Big Ten played what, three games that year? What the Big 12 play? What the Pac 12 play? I mean, the SEC was the only one who played full 10, if I remember right. You get what I'm saying. Heisman voters, they want to, they, they typically want to see a quarterback. This is what they want to see. It's the, it's the glorified position of the sport. It's what they want to see. I think that your your Heisman voters are probably, you know, gonna go, especially now that Sam Hartman is at Notre Dame, you know, maybe something like that, or Drake May, who we've been talking about, you know, for a minute now. Probably something like that. For me, and pandemonium reigns. I'm going to give it to Marvin Harrison. And that's saying something because I don't like Ohio State. I don't like it. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. But I've grown to really not like Michigan or Ohio State, period, altogether. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. All right, so here's how we're going to land this thing and call it quits for the day. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Would appreciate it very much if you hit like and subscribe. Here's my playoffs, and here is my national championship winner. All right. Georgia, probably going to be your top seed. After that, I don't really know how to, to seed it. <laughs> Just not really sure how to do it. I'm going to give the second seed, though, to Michigan. Okay. So similar to what we had last year. Georgia, SEC champion. Michigan, Big Ten champion. Here's where it gets interesting. If things unfold the way that I say that they have unfolded, week one, Florida State beats LSU. Florida State goes up to Clemson, beats them, turns around again and beats them in the ACC championship game. I could see Florida State at that number three spot. However, there are so many teams I could see at this three seed. I could see Washington there. What? Washington? Yep. Washington. Oregon. What? Yep, Oregon. Even USC. I could be wrong. USC could win the Pac-12. They could They could just outscore everybody enough to do it. They could. I mean, they did it. Excuse me. Lincoln Riley did it in 2017. But he couldn't stop the Wildcat <laughs> defensively. I don't. Some could see them, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. Uh, Washington, Oregon. It could be Clemson. For the sake of the conversation and it being prediction season, I'm going to go Florida State. Going to go Florida State. I would love to see a Florida State-Michigan matchup. My gosh. McCarthy, Corum, Johnny Wilson, Travis. Whew. Your four seed. I think the Pac-12 is going to beat up on, a, on one another. I think Washington and Oregon are going to trade blows. This could also go down to Texas, which I'm fine with. <clears throat> I can see <clears throat> Texas winning the conference, losing to Bama, right? Or having, you know, some close wins and just scraping by. Till then, 
media committee. They love the Big Ten. I'm going to predict Ohio State. I could see Texas. I really, really could. Really could. I would prefer that it be Texas. I would prefer Georgia and Texas. I'll take Texas to win the conference. I'll take Texas to lose against Bama. I hope that doesn't contradict what I said earlier. I'm getting old, y'all. Take Ohio State to round out that fourth seed and finish the playoff. All right, so just to recap, thanks for hanging with me. Pac-12, Oregon is going to beat Washington for the Pac-12. Florida State is going to beat Clemson for the ACC. Texas is going to beat Kansas State for the Big 12. Michigan's going to topple Wisconsin. Georgia's going to defeat LSU. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be your Heisman Trophy winner. And your playoff is going to go as such. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Ohio State. Give me some teams to root against Georgia. I'm cool with it. I'm absolutely here for it. If you're listening to this, it should be Thursday. We got Florida and Utah tonight. going to be fun. Make sure you turn it on. Make sure you root on for the Utes. You don't like the Utes. What? Let me remind you. Yeah, you do. You like anybody that does that that, that plays Florida. All right. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. They're gonna go at one another. They're probably gonna try to play keep away ball. <laughs> try to out physical one another. Should be like two dummies running into one another. I would feel totally different if Cam Rising was playing this game. I will take Utah in a very close win. Uh I would say three or less. Three or less. But I'm all for. Graham Mertz throwing seven picks and no touchdowns. Go Utes. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, This has been Dan flying solo. Appreciate you so much for hanging out with me. We love you guys so much. Um, And I just want to say thank you to you all for who have tuned in, who've been faithful listeners. we got some exciting things on the way, on the horizon. And uh, I just want to appreciate you guys for doing this uh, with me and Mike. We love you guys so much. God bless. Go Vols.